Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Roja. I'm a compulsive eater. I'm here to um, be with you, and I'm Thank you, Nyla, for inviting me to speak today, and I hope that what I have to say is useful for you and, um, you know, that you get something out of it. I've, you guys, many of you have heard my share over and over and over again, so I always like to try to do something a little bit different or with a little bit of a twist, so I'm going to try that today. Uh, And I also have talked to several fellows who said, you know, you don't have to be all together all all the time in terms of a share or what I have, you know, like totally inspirational or, you know, just be honest about where I'm actually at. So I am actually going to talk about um, the suspect about being in suspension and the lightness of being I, uh, that that phrase came up to me, came in to me a few days ago, the lightness of being um, regardless of whatever is going on in the external world and in my world, um, the idea of light and the idea of being with light in all aspects of my life. And I'm going to read from a few pieces of literature, and I don't know if people are familiar with this one. I don't know if you can see it. It's the Came to Believe book that's from AA. And I've started to read this with another fellow in the program on a daily basis. And there there was a story in here that really, really struck me this week. And so I want to read it. Um, and the amazing thing about this book is that it it was, you know, first published, or these stories were for, first compiled in 1956, 1956. And it was updated in 1967. And the actual copyright is 1973. So it's astounding to me that the things that were written near the beginning of recovery in AA still so apply, and it's from our fellows. It's from people who are practicing the steps and doing what they can on a daily basis. And this is actually the fourth week of the month, so I am i didn't focus so much on the tools, but they're certainly going to come up in my share. So let me read it to you. On page five, it says, in his own individual right, uh, keeping in mind that this was done in a patriarchal period of time in the United States, but in his own or in our individual right. Spirituality is an awakening, or is it all the loose ends woven together into a mellow fabric? It's understanding, or is it all the knowledge one need ever know? It's freedom, if you consider fear, slavery. It's confidence, or is it the belief that a higher power will see you through any storm or gale? It's adhering to the dictates of your conscience, or is it a deep, genuine, living concern for the people on the planet? It's peace of mind in the face of adversity. It's a keen and sharpened desire for survival. It's a man or a woman, and I'll add a person of any orientation. It's gratitude for every happenstance of the past that brought you to a moment of justice. It's the joy of being a young person in a young world. It's awareness, or is it realization of one's capabilities and limitations? It's concentration, or is it an easy sensing of the universe? It's seeing a mystical power for good in each and every person. It's patience in the face of stupidity. 
It's feeling that you want to knock somebody's head off and walking away instead. It's when you're down past your last dime and you know you still have something that money can't, can't buy. It's wearing dungarees that feel like a tuxedo. It's wanting to go home yet being there. It's a rocket ride that goes far beyond the world your eye can see. It's looking at something that superficially is ugly but radiates beauty. It's a majestic skyline or a Western desert. It's a young child. It's seeing a caterpillar turn into a butterfly. It's the awareness that survival is a savage fight between you and yourself. It's a magnetic pull toward those who are down and out. It's knowing that even the bad times are good. Don't look back. You haven't seen anything yet. When people look at you and wonder what, what's with you, the look in your eyes will answer them because I can cut it. And I don't, you know, for me, it's because I can keep wondering and wandering. The singular thing that is spirituality, that is spirituality, sorry, spirituality cannot be given to a fellow person by word of mouth. If every person is to have it, then every person must earn it in his own way, by his own hand, stamped by the seal of that person in his own individual light. And I just, it kind of expressed what I wanted to talk about and where I am. And the thing that I find is so interesting about this reading is it's not, it's, you know, it's polar, it's this or this, but in the, in the same way, it's talking about the suspension between the two. It's the existence that we find in recovery that's not about being one or the other. It's about the constant push-pull, the constant, um, the constant idea of how can we be suspended in the midst of so much going on, both in the, in the outside world <coughs> and in ourselves. And I find myself in that place, uh, you know, it's Saturday and I, I wake up and it's kind of like that movie Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, it's Saturday again. Here I am and it's Saturday again. I do that on Thursdays too. It's like, wait a minute, how could it be Thursday again? Because I'm in the same place, but I'm not in the same place. And I've had so many Thursdays and so many Saturdays, and yet I can wake up and say, okay, I'm going to put on my dungarees. I'm going to, you know, make my bed. I'm going to show up um, for whatever happens. And I have no guarantee of which way it's going to go. And I also have had in the past expectations, but my, my serenity is really inversely proportional to my expectations. So every day I have to get, I don't have to, I get up with, you know, a sense of, okay, what's up for today? And that's the gift um, of being in recovery is that I don't have to figure it all out. Uh, and that my life has been about this, this these few paragraphs, um, you know, but many of you know my story. I came into program in the late 80s. I binged my way into the doors. I had had lots of trauma in my family life and my personal life. You know, I have another chronic illness, type 1 diabetes, which I've had for 56 plus years. Uh, and all of these things, <clears throat> have I've been, through all of them, I've been in suspension. You know, I've been in when in my self-destructive days, an idea of suspension that I can't take this anymore and I got to do something. And so I'm going to use food or something else self-destructively because I can't be in suspension. I can't be in not knowing 
what's going to happen next, even though I'm so afraid, you know, and I, and I, you know, I've been through trauma and I've been through loss and I've been through really, really tough times. And, um, I had a low blood sugar just before the meeting and I was like, okay, here we go again. Um, and I took, you know, I took what I needed to take to be okay to talk to all of you, but, um, this is, this is what life is about. It's not like one or the other, um, like gratitude. You know, I, I'm doing daily gratitudes with a group of fellows and it really, it makes my day, you know, it makes my day that I can see that other people are going through the same experiences that I'm going through. Uh, and the sun is shining today and last night it was windy and, you know, I, there are miracles happening outside and in a, each of us every day. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful to be, to be witnessing other people's experiences. And I don't have all the answers. I really don't. After 30 some years in this program, after 50 some years with diabetes, I don't know. I don't know how to perfectly get my blood sugars to go even every day. I don't know how to go through the feeling of being so alone this week that I have told, said before I wanted to jump out of my skin. Um, I don't know how sometimes not to be envious of other people. You know, I'm alone. I'm living singly and other people have families and they have interactions with other people and they don't, it's not, you know, it's not an easy road for, for any of us. But we share the struggle and we talk about it openly and honestly. And that is such a gift to me. Uh, I wanted to be anywhere but here this week. I Im imagine that I would be traveling now since I'm retired and I'm 70 plus. I imagine that I would be with people all the time and I'm not. I imagine that I would be able to go and not worry about going to a performance at the War Memorial Building, even though I'm boosted um, and I'm still looking up ways of, of being further protected and I'm wearing double masks. You know, who knew? Who knew that I would be doing this stuff and I would be talking to you alive? Because that for me is the bottom line essence is I want to be, you know, and here in this reading, it talked about um, surviving. Right. And people have said to me in my life, God, you're such a survivor, you know, and I don't want to be a survivor. I want to be somebody who thrives, who benefits, who is of who is of service to other people. And so therefore, I want to show up and I want to be in the best way possible. And I read there's a piece of prose I had written read a long time ago, but it struck me so deeply because the idea was of being in suspension between grabbing one trapeze bar and then letting go and not yet getting to the next trapeze bar. So that feeling of being suspended, you know, how do I, how do I live in that percol percolating suspension of not being totally there or being totally there? In other words, I don't regret the past, right? I'm going to share the promises because today because they so are a ten kind of a 10 minutes thanks mm -hmm. they are so much a kind of a finishing of this piece that i just read right because it's not one or the other it's like i'm moving toward the solution 
I'm moving away from the problem. And at any point in time, I don't have it all figured out. And that is the art of and the challenge of and the totally mind-blowing part of being in recovery and not trying to figure out what I could have done differently or what I should prepare for for the future, right? Being diabetic, I carry around um, everywhere I go. I carry around, um, you know, a purse or a bag that has glucose tablets, change of infusion set. Well, not so much in change. Uh, insulin, syringes, um, juice boxes, uh, little jellies that, you know, I can grab it in a minute. I, I, I have all those things because I don't want to be in a position of not being able to take care of myself. And I don't want, and I don't want, I don't want people to pity me. I mean, I think that's part of it. That's my, my pride, but, um, but through vast amounts of experience, I have learned that I better, you know, it's better for me to be doubly prepared rather than not be prepared at all uh, so that I can be of the ultimate presence um, in whatever situation I'm in. And I think that presence is also a part of what I wanted to, to say today, that the presence is a journey. The presence of being anywhere in any time in this lifetime is yet a journey so that it it's not good or bad. Like if I have a blood sugar that goes way over 240 or if I'm in a low blood sugar, I can't think as well. I don't process, I don't, I don't operate as well, but it's not bad. It's not bad that I have these chronic illnesses that require that I set up routines and standards and ways of being in the world so that I can be fully cognizant and fully Aware. Like I'm looking at a tree outside my window. It's a pine tree. And then beyond it, I can see um, San Francisco. I can see like the, the hills and the mountains. And like who imagined I would be sitting in a place like this when I got into program in Chicago on a freezing cold, icy day? Who imagined? And, and this was some part of my imaging. I had collected photographs. Um, a friend had me do that of where would I want, what would the place look like where I was living? And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it outside my window. Uh, and I have 16 steps down to my apartment. And so I've had challenges with broken limbs and all kinds of physical stuff. But I've, I'm now, I now have two legs that work. And I'm really grateful for that. To be able to walk down the street and, uh, and be able to be in nature again and totally appreciate that. And I think that's part of my recovery also is to be in a place where I can be outside and I can be, I can be, you know, near water, near trees, near all those things that um, make me happy to, to be part of my life and to be in my life. Let me get my, I mean, you know, it says in one part here, it says wanting to go home and yet being there. I think that too is an important idea is that here I am in this body, in this mind, with this idea of something outside of myself helping me out. And this is home. And sometimes I don't want to be home. I want to be anywhere but home. But I know that when push comes to shove, that I can't ignore. 
I can't ignore that sometimes I'm not happy and I don't work as hard to try to get out of that. I'm grateful because I have so many people in my life who reach out to me, who make a difference, who let me know that they love me, like all of the, the folks in this, in this meeting, that I am part of a greater consciousness, that the God consciousness in me is only possible because I have so many people who nurture that presence and that sense of something outside of myself. Earlier this week, I was, um, I was asleep and I was, um, I wasn't aware I was having a low blood sugar and my home phone rang once. It never rings. I mean, it rings with Chinese people and with other people trying to sell me stuff, but it doesn't ring. And I, I'm sorry, that was inappropriate in terms of people of any kind trying to sell me stuff. Um, and it woke me up and sure enough, my blood sugar was way too low. And so I need to be, I need to be here in the most, in the most conscious way so that I can do what I need to do for myself and then let myself off, you know, to give myself some grace and, uh, and know that I am a fragile person who has a lot of things she wants to do and be, and that just here I am with you guys today, being the best I can be in my recovery. And I want to finish up because I think it's a good follow. It's a really fascinating to me. I mean, maybe this person was thinking about the promises when he or she wrote that the piece that I read to you, but it says um, in the promises, if I can find them, if we are painstaking. So the truth is, it's not an easy go. It's not an easy road. It's if we are painstaking, this is about talking about st after steps into action after steps eight and nine. You have five minutes if, left. Thanks. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will sleep, slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of, of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Thanks.